Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. This morning, we're going to be closing our Invitations from Jesus series. And I know some of you have been sitting there like, gosh, how many invitations is this guy going to give us? I'm sick of being so popular. You're getting another one this morning. Uh, It's coming to a close. It's true, though, Jesus never stops extending invitation to those he loves. And to those who don't yet know him, Jesus is always extending invitation. Um, Our our, uh, our, uh, spiritual father, our mentor, Rich Nathan, used to say that God is the great initiator. He's always making the first move, and he's always coming towards us, not moving away from us. God is always moving towards us. So he's always extending invitations, and you know, the seasons are changing. Outside, and I, I feel like you guys may have noticed as well, but the, the mornings are becoming crisp here in August, at the end of August, and the kids are headed back to school, and soon we'll be wearing sweaters and all the fall vibes. It'll be here before you know it, and soon Christmas will be here. I can't, you guys are like, don't say it, don't say it. But really, truly, the seasons are changing, uh, not only in the natural, but for us here at the church, too, the seasons are changing. And we're, uh, I, I sense that we're being called into a, a season of flourishing as, we head, as the kids head back to school and small groups thriving. And I just sense that there is just so much blessing that God has in store for us over the next six months or so. And, I'm, and, and so today is, is simply about curating some space, as my friend Karen likes to say, to curate some space where we can respond, each and every one of us can respond to the invitation that Jesus has extended to us over the course of the summer. We talked about many different invitations Many. And so one of those, I know, one of them has stuck with you somewhere. And so this morning, I want to encourage each of us to respond. This morning is a moment for us to respond to the invitations that Jesus has extended over this summer. I wanted to start uh, by doing some Lectio together, and we're going to uh, focus and just dial in on the verse that has guided us through the entire series. And it's Jesus, and Jesus is speaking in the book of Revelation. And we're going to read this passage three times. We're going to pause in between and ask a couple of questions. And these questions are just for you and for God. You don't have to do anything in this moment. You just have to be present to God. And so I want to encourage you, you might want to open your hands or close your eyes or take a deep breath and just center and be with God and his beautiful presence and what he would want to speak to you this morning. Okay, so let's, let's read it. This is Revelation 3.20. The words are not going to be on the screen. Just need to hear the word of God. Jesus says this. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. 
Let's take a minute and invite your heart to sort of gravitate towards a word or a phrase that God might be directing your attention towards. Ask of Jesus, what word or phrase would you have for me this morning in that passage? Come, Holy Spirit. Electio Divina is all about going slow, about slowing down and picking up God's rhythms for us. So after the second time, hopefully you haven't bounced too far forward yet, but after the second time, we want to be silent and ask God, what does that word or phrase mean for me? What does it mean for me? Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Take a moment and ask God, what does that mean for me this morning? No doubt God is drawing your attention now and sharing with you what it means for you in this moment with him, with his word to you. As we read it this last time, ask the Lord, where is the invitation? What should change about my life? It's a vulnerable question to ask. I just want to invite you to be vulnerable with God, that he's the safest place on the planet, in the heavens, and on the earth, God is the safest place that you could be. No harm will come to you. When you're in his presence, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and ask, how could my life look different as a result of hearing the word of God and hearing it again? Here I am. I stand at the door and knock If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put a deep yearning within our hearts to respond. Drop in our lives, God, a heart that is willing to say yes to you 
at any cost. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would uh, initiate with each and every single person in the room according to your faithfulness. You never let us go. You, you always have your eyes on us. And I pray that some would respond to your call this morning, that we would be a people who not only receive the invitation, but respond. I pray just that your love would cover everything that is said and done in this place today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, so we've heard plenty of invitations over the course of the summer. And above, over and above all of these different invitations, one thing that we felt as a preaching team leading up to the message series was that the invitation would be most important, that Jesus himself is the invitation. The invitation to Jesus' presence. Nothing will ever top the person of Jesus in its... Um, brevity of invitation. Like he's it. He's the invitation. And this morning I felt like, you know, Jesus would be calling a few of you to respond to Jesus for the first time. Maybe, maybe you've been around God for like 20 years and maybe your walk with God has become more of one of walking away from him than towards him. The invitation to Jesus' presence tops every other invitation. And the good news here this morning is that he is the invitation at all. That, that um, through his death and through his resurrection that we can be close to God. We can experience God's presence. It's amazing. Through, through the answered prayer of humanity is Jesus. Jesus is, Jesus' presence here on earth is the answer to men and women's prayers. He is the invitation this morning. In the presence of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus goes to the cross, gives his life as a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, and then the power of the Holy Spirit raises him from the grave, defeating hell and death once and for all. As he's getting ready to ascend, Jesus says, I promise an invitation is coming. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you experience the Holy Spirit, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. And when he lives inside of you, Jesus said that you, Cleveland, Ohio, you will be able to do the same things that Jesus did when he walked on earth. And you will do even greater things than these things that Jesus did when he walked on earth. And I feel that the invitation this morning for some is to experience tangibly the presence of the Holy Spirit for the first time. This morning. That some of you will walk out different than when you walked in. We, were, we had friends over the other night, and we were talking about the first time that we experienced the Holy Spirit, and we didn't know what that meant. We're like, what is going on? This feels like a river that's like flowing over my body, but I don't really understand what's happening. 
And some of you might, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, think about, oh, that's just emotionalism, or you're just priming the pump and hyping yourself up. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that your, your head will follow where your body goes first. Meaning that the Holy Spirit is a real person. He does indwell men and women. And when he fills them, we can tangibly sense the presence of God. Jesus said, I will send you an advocate and he will lead you into all truth. We're to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. So he's inviting some of you to experience his presence for the first time this morning. Maybe you've been in worship here at Vineyard for any number of times and you've seen people around the room lift their hands or you've seen people crazy guys on stage start to dance around and you think, oh, I don't know if I could do something like that. Well, even if you're 74, God is, God is, is calling you to an authentic, engaging experience with him. And that will include dancing sometimes. That will include lifting your hands sometimes. And you say, oh, that's not for me. I've never been an overly emotional person. And I, I don't know if I could, I, I'm afraid, like, what would people think? And all of this. I, I want to encourage you this morning to experience the whole Spirit in a fresh way. When we move into ministry time, I want to encourage you to maybe lift your hands if you've never lifted your hands before. Just to feel the, the Holy Spirit's presence to open yourself and to say, you know, this is not something I'm comfortable with. It's not a magic trick. It's nothing like that. But I'm just going to be open to what the Holy Spirit has for me. Because he wants more than we want. He wants us to experience him. This I know for sure. Maybe it's uh, during worship and the Holy Spirit is like, hey, why don't you just step out from your seat and begin to dance? Or hey, the, like it would be an engaging expression for you to shout to the Lord. We're commanded over and over again in Scripture to shout to the Lord. And that seems like, I don't know, I'm an introvert, but God's calling me to shout. I want to encourage you. Hey, come on. You know, I want to encourage you to take that step of experiencing the presence of God for yourself. So the overarching invitation is Jesus himself and experiencing him, maybe for the first time this morning. Maybe this morning you will come to the cross for the first time and see the freedom that's offered in the person of Jesus. Some of you over the course of the summer have received invitations from Jesus to reconcile relationships. To reconcile relationships. Maybe this is with a son or a daughter. Maybe this is with a brother or a sister, a mom or dad, a sibling, a co-worker. But God is calling you clearly to reconcile relationships. Maybe this is somebody you haven't spoken with for over 20 years. The, the grift is so great. The division is so great within the family. Families are tough, aren't they? Gosh. I don't know about you, but a lot of uh, issues that we experience in life happen to, uh, happen to, um, to families and some of the closest relationships that we experience. 
And so maybe Jesus has extended an invitation to you to reconcile. And not just to participate in that process, but to initiate that process. Because it's one thing to say, yes, Jesus, I hear it. And I want that. I, I want to reconcile with that person. I, want, I don't want there to be a wedge between us. I mean, who, who likes feeling that at Thanksgiving? Nobody. Right? You're like, I want that. And it's one thing to say that. It's one thing to say, yes, I'm willing to participate in that. How many of you know it's a completely other thing to be the one who initiates it? That's a little bit tougher. At Project Timothy, there was, which is a, a vineyard lead, a youth leadership camp, so to speak, for like a week. And I was asked to do some like worship stuff there. So I was sitting in on the sessions. And on the last night, they had kids give testimonies and, and what the Lord was working on in their, in their lives throughout the course of the, of, of the week. And there was one young man uh, who had a very troubled childhood. And he was like 14. And his childhood was traumatic, to say the least. And he still remembered some of it because he was kind of like rescued out of it. And I know his parents, you know, wonderful people, wonderful Christian people. And so he was adopted by this family and, and he stood up and Jesus had moved so much in his life over the course of the week. I, I just, I couldn't imagine what it would feel like to, to be in this kid's situation and the courage that he displayed in getting up in front of all of his peers and committing to going back home and reconciling with his birth father. And sharing the gospel with his birth father. I'm like, dang, dude, you're 14. Like, that's amazing courage. And there was something about my friend there who he understood that it's one thing to participate in the process of reconciliation. It's another thing. It's another level to say, hey, I'm going to be the one who initiates that. And commit to that. And so God is calling some of you to reconcile relationships. He's inviting you to be the initiator there. And you hear the words of Malachi 4.6 ringing in your ears. Jesus, the, the Lord will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. And, and how God has given us the ministry, he says, of reconciliation. The service of ushering peace, being a peacemaker is a big deal. And he's given us this ministry of reconciliation uh, to make two have things whole again. And that's who you are. That's what you carry on your life. And some of you have sensed that invitation to reconciliation. And I want to encourage you to respond to that this morning. I want to encourage you not just to respond to Jesus, but, you know, to pick up the phone. Pick up Pick up the phone. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, um, an ex-spouse or maybe who, whoever it is, but to pick up the phone or to go visit as the Lord leads you. Send that text that you thought you know, that you've written, you know, you've typed the text a million times and you end up deleting it. That one, that one. To pick up the, the phone and to make that call, to reconcile where Jesus is calling you to be the initiator to reconcile relationships. We've heard about intimacy, the invitation to intimacy. Karen uh, gave that talk early on in the summer. How many of you guys remember that one? 
It's a really great talk. If you, if you missed it, I would highly recommend going back to the podcast and listening to that. This is the whole deal. You know, I was just sharing with our, our bank teller like two days ago. This is, this is the whole deal that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, that the, the veil of the temple that only one man was allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies once a year, the veil, that veil that separated men and women from most holy God, and the moment that Jesus is hanging on the tree, God splits the temple veil from the top to the bottom, signifying access for everyone. Everyone, everyone gets in. And it's, it's God saying in one fell swoop, I want to be near with you. I want you to draw near to me. There's nothing hindering you. Now from the presence of God. That you with, uh, Moses had to cover his face because he shone so bright with the glory of God. So much of the glory of God got on him that he covered, he had to cover his face. Now you, Paul writes, with unveiled faces, you have, you're the unveiled face people. You get to be in the presence of God. The shiny face people. Remember we talked about that? You, you, are, you are to receive the invitation to an intimate relationship with God himself. Your own creator. How good is that? The one who knows you. The best. The one who formed you. And your mama's body. The one who's been with you when you took your first breath. Your first steps. That one. You're called into an intimate relationship with the one who created you. And for some of you. That has and is looking like laying something down. This is the catch of intimacy that not a whole lot of pastors, quite frankly, are comfortable talking about. Perhaps a lesser love. He's calling you to come out of the separation and the isolation and the pain that addiction causes. He's really extending here in the intimacy thing, he's really extending an invitation to freedom. That's what the invitation is about. We read in scripture that it's for freedom you've been set free. And if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Free altogether. Free from any attachments to this world. And so the call to intimacy is really an invitation to freedom. And today he may be calling you to lay down that addiction once and for all. To see that he is better indeed. He's truly better. It may be to a substance, to alcohol, to shopping, social media, video games, eating disorders, pornography. Jesus wants to set you free today. His desire for you to be free from all of that, or whatever it is, is greater than your desire to be free from it. And that says something about the deep, lavish love of God, of the Father, that he wants to see his children set free, and free for good. So this morning, he's calling some of you to lay down uh, once and for, for all. There's, there's an invitation 
that's being extended, as Karen reminded us this morning, in kindness that leads us to repentance. I sense that God is, um, is the, the invitation to intimacy, intimacy is including repentance this morning. That some of you this morning would return to your first love. Return to your first love. Romans 2.4, Paul writes this, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's the purpose of his kindness to get us to turn, to be close, to be near to him. And so that could be it. It could be the invitation that you received for purpose or for meaning. You know, some of you this morning are walking around sort of this blah existence, moving from day to day, doing the same old, remember I sang the bell song on stage, there must be more than this provincial life. Do you remember that? I thought it was a pretty good performance. Pretty good. You're like Belle in Beauty of the Beast. You sense that there's more than this provincial life. You're sort of like walking around in this um, kind of blah existence. And Jesus is inviting you this morning to life and life to the full. He says this in John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, us, that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows, life overflowing. He says in John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Fullness of joy in the presence of God. There's an invitation here this morning, and you might not understand what it will look like, but to respond to Jesus' invitation for meaning and purpose in your life, um, today is the day. And we listened last uh, couple Sundays ago to Rick Warren as he talked about having a vision for your life. And you don't really sense like a broader vision for your life. Do you remember the video where Rick Warren was saying that it's not a sin to be a small church? It's not a sin to be a part of a small church, but it is a sin to have a small vision. And he's calling our church, and I believe us individually as people, because the church is the people, not the building. Church is the people to have a local and a global vision simultaneously. Jesus wants us to respond to that today, to take up that invitation and say, yeah, I'm moving with you. I'm giving you my yes to greater meaning and greater purpose. And then we heard the invitation for community. We heard an invitation away from separation, away from isolation, and into community. Here's, here's the facts this morning. Some, and I'm well aware of this, that some of you are very lonely today. So, some of you, the... Um, and it's not a sin to be alone. It's, it's truly not. But the enemy thrives in isolation. And when he gets us alone, away from the pack, away from authentic community, 
It's there where he just has his heyday with us. We're more susceptible to the lies of the enemy when we don't hear the truth of Christ from our brothers and sisters on a consistent basis. Going to small group and hearing the truth, hearing that God loves us, that there is a God and he loves us, that he's actually for us. Hearing those things, those truths about who Jesus is, what he did, what he's doing now, it saves us from the pain of the isolation. And it's in the isolation that we hear the lies of the enemy. You know, you know we'll, still, we'll still hear lies from the enemy, even if we're in community. But the truth of Jesus is so much louder there when you're in community that it sort of drowns out the lies. It's like, no, nah, I'm not listening to you right now. I've got folks in my corner who love me and who are encouraging me to, um, to the person of Jesus. And so I, I don't have time for that over here. I can't hear that anymore. You know, And so some of you who are lonely this morning, the invitation is to respond to community. And the way we experience freedom from isolation is in the context of loving community. If you feel alone today, Jesus is inviting you to be a part of the body. A part of a small group. And and I, believe, I just want to echo what Karen brought this morning during, community, or during communion, um, that it is impossible to do the Christian life on your own. It's not just hard. It's impossible. You can't do it on your own. And it's very revealing about the people who say, well, I love Jesus, but I just don't love his church. If you love Jesus, you have to love his church. We're all he's got. (laughs) How are you going to say, I love the groom and hate the bride? See, when we fall in love with Jesus, it's an invitation to fall in love with his people, with the church. And we can't do it on our own. We just can't follow Jesus on our own. We can't do it in in, in a vacuum. It just does It won't happen. The, the blessing that God wants to extend your way, the favor that is written on your story, will only come into fruition in the context of authentic community. It can only happen there. This is really tough for us Americans to hear because we're like, I can do it on my own. I'm a salmon swimming upstream. Well, all salmon swim upstream. pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm strong enough, I'm smart enough, I'm clever enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. I can do it. Mm -mm. We're way more dependent than we think. And we're created to worship, and God knows it. He created that longing in us. Gosh, this was not on the text. He created us to worship, and so we do that together. If we, if, I, if we can't go together, I don't want to go. Like, please, I've been there. It's just me at the end. It sucks. <laughs> if we can't go together, I don't want to go. The joys of Christian community. And coincidentally, that's why the enemy attacks churches. 
I was watching this video of this ex-Satanist who fell in love with Jesus. And he would, he was like real high up in like satanic stuff and the occult. And he would, he, he used to brag about how many churches he split up through divination. The enemy hates authentic community because he thrives in isolation. We're meant to do life together. We're meant to be a part of a small group. We're meant to come into our destiny through Sunday nights playing soccer through, together, through opening the word of God on Wednesday nights, through hearing our neighbors sing praise to Jesus and knowing that they're going through cancer, but they can still sing. And if they can go through cancer and still sing praise to Jesus, that encourages me to lift my voice to Jesus. And we're meant to be in community where we pray for one another another and see the things of the kingdom of God take shape, to see cancer be driven out in the name of Jesus, to see headaches go in the name of Jesus. We're meant to pray for one another. We're meant to be in community together, and that's the only place where the Christian life will make sense. It's the only place where the Christian life makes sense. If you found a better way, please let me know, but I just have not. It's in community. Community is where it's at. Okay, so here's landing the plane. Sometimes it's not easy um, to respond to these invitations that Jesus gives. Why? It's not easy sometimes. Oh, sure. Jesus is wonderful, and the more we see of him, the more we want to know him and be with him. Yes. And yet, it's still hard to give Jesus our yes. Why? Because we're fleshy people who want what we want, not what he wants. Which on a side tangent, if Jesus agrees with everything that you think about him, all your opinions and perspectives about who you think he is and what he wants to usher into your life, you're probably not worshiping the right Jesus. Because newsflash this morning, Jesus doesn't agree with every opinion and perspective and thought that I have about who I think he is. He has some things of his own that he'd like to share with you and I. And that's why it's hard to say yes to a whole different person. Because we're not saying yes to us. It's easy to say yes to you. You've been doing it your whole life. I've, I've been saying yes to me my whole life. Jesus is like, hey, let's stop doing that and start saying yes to what Jesus wants you to uh, walk in. Walk in. Okay, so it's hard sometimes to say yes to Jesus, but here's the good news. Though it may feel tough and close to lay down that thing, to respond to the invitation to intimacy, to greater purpose, any of those things, though it might not feel good in the moment, those invitations are always best. It will be good. It will go well with your soul, even if, and especially when, it doesn't feel good. Goodness is on the, to say it this way, goodness, God's goodness is on the other side of our yes to Jesus. 